Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello everyone, it is Red Men Radio. Uh, we, <laughs> we're just debating the fact that Bailey's not from here, so we're just taking the piss out of him, which is... That's on par for most days. Fair game, yeah. Nick, yeah. How do you say the word, the word bald? Because he says bold. Bold. Hang on, hang on, Bailey. What's the, what do you call the game where you have to touch a person on the shoulder and then, um, and then run away in the schoolyard game? Tag. Tag. Okay, tag, I'll accept, I'll accept tag. I think accept it's called tag. Tig. Down south, it's Anyway, kickoff question this week comes from uh, Beatenberg X. Uh, you're going camping and take three Liverpool past or present with you. You have to share a tent with one. Who do you take and who do you share a tent with? I'm joined by Tom Dutton, by Ross Chanley, and by Chris Pajak in a clockwise formation away from me around the table. I'm going to come with Tom Dutton. Very descriptive first. for the audience, know, yeah. listeners there, Paul. Absolutely. I was going to say, we're not Liverpool players past our present, so you couldn't take us no. camping. I know what I want to. Can no, I? that's not a fair play. I would completely. take, I, actually, no. I would, no, I, you know what? I think that used to it'd be fine camping. I just wouldn't want to share a tent with any of you. Yeah, no, that's that's also fair. I've gone for <laughs> Gerard and Carragher to start off with. They okay. can have their own tent. I just want campfire stories. Right. And who better for campfire stories than them two? Just like hidden things that you didn't know from certain football games. Be like, yeah, it'd be really, really, really interesting. And then for someone sharing a tent with me, we haven't described how big the tent's gonna be, so I've gone with like a like a, a two man that you take to Glasgow. You mean a two man that is just a one man? Exactly. Yeah. So what I was thinking is the smallest Liverpool player ever. So I asked just before this. So we we had to have a Speed and Shakiri Moreno. I don't know. I don't go further. We just back guessed. Than that. By the way, we didn't we didn't check this out in no. any shape or form. Anyone knows who the smallest Liverpool player? Like Sammy Lee's pretty small, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. but like someone like thin, small. And just so they can be in the corner. And what you're describing, rest. though, is I reckon they're all really. I mean, Jay Spearden seems sound, so I don't want to go, but like Moreno, my dad was a share a tent with Alberto Moreno. Do you not just do your head in? Well, it depends. If he goes to sleep early, no, I'm the drunk one who like wanders in and crushes. If you open his hoverboard at three in the morning, mate. That's true. Yes, yeah. Mm, yeah. It's true. It's fucking annoying. Ross, have you um, Similar sort of reasons to Tom. I've gone Carragher because I thought he'd just get smashed. Pretty, pretty funny. Fowler, similar reason to think he'd be funny and a footballing idol for me, so I like that. Um, for some reason, I kind of thought the camping thing was kind of like an emblem of a desert, so you kind of need some sort of protection. Yeah. So I've gone for sharing a, a tent with Virgil just so I can be Little Spoon and he can tell me everything's all right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm fine. You, can, you can be his jetpack. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. I'll, I'll, I'll be happy with that. Where are the deserts around Liverpool? What? It doesn't say in Liverpool, does it? That's true, but like, where That's else? Where are you going camping? What does it say? Are you That's flying to Coming all bases, Tom. In fact, if it's in Liverpool, I don't care. I'd still pick Virgil. Just for all of the, all of the yeah, reasons. Okay. Just Chris Pajak, as an expert camper, 
Well, I don't think I'm an expert camper. You did Duke of Edinburgh, didn't you? I did, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like 20 years ago. I mean, compared to the yeah, average yeah. man, there was like there was like people, There was well, there was normal people, and then there was like the Duke of Edinburgh's, who okay. were like, who would, you're, you're, you're outdoorsy types who, who, who love, love orienteering and those trainer, climbing trainer shoe things. Which I know you've got. Which is walking shoes. Yeah. yeah, the fucking boss. Yeah, exactly. I'm all in on the walking shoes. So exactly, this is what I mean. You're, you're bang up for all this shit. Yeah, you've absolutely. Got, you've clearly got the best answer. I haven't, actually, to be fair. I wanted someone short and small to share a tent with. Yeah. Uh, so I've gone wee Joe. Uh, also Good think shout. that, you know, if I need to, I can beat him up and chuck him outside and there ain't much he can do about it. Um, he's he's malleable that way, I reckon. Jarless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the other two, I went for a couple of answers that, like, we get asked these types of questions all the time, and I realised that I quite often just pick the same answers over and over again. So I've gone campfire stories in a similar vein to Tom, but I've gone Julian Dix and Neil Ruddock, because if you're going to go out and have a bit of a beer with two yeah. fellas okay. from that 90s era Liverpool side, those two are going at it big time. And I actually think that, like, Stephen Gerrard won't have as good stories as them because he came in at sports science time and all yeah. that type of stuff whereas they were just the yeah, arse and yeah. the bacon butties and pints at lager before a match some boss, they'll <laughs> have some incredible <laughs> stories like. I, I, yeah, yeah I, similar to that it's Deep Mara Man. Yes. Because he just can't shut up. I've been in him, I've been in a cab with Deep Mara Man after like five pints and the the, the biffy chat and he didn't even know Ben didn't even know who I was basically. Like he really had no problem saying that's very interesting stories which will never be repeated. Um but yeah, it, and then you pick someone like so probably a character. It's people who bring out the worst in each other. Yeah. That's what you want in that situation because you don't have to share the tent and they're the and Bellamy. I was thinking that that was the <laughs> first thought. Like that. Yeah, Sparkles, let's be honest. Nature's just boring, isn't it? So you want, you want, and when you get back, it's not like you, what you're going to do. You can kind of, you're going to watch the telly when you get back to your camp. You can go out and explore nature. Great, yeah. great fun, all that. But when you come overnight, you do need, you need sparks to fly. I just want to be able to sit back in my camping chair and just watch it all unfold. But on the who I shared a tent with, Milner. You know why? Very sensible man. I can't, I can't be dealing with like the like a Tom, the, t- the kind of personality type that Tom describes. Yeah. I don't need someone. I need if, I, if I'm forced to share, I need someone who's gonna want to go to bed at a reasonable hour and not disturb me sleep. I'm mean, having clothes up yeah. for you in the morning, all folded up, ready to I go. Be, I'm yeah. young, these formula oh. fans like me, which would be absolutely. That's spot not ca- that's glamping, Paul. Camping's meant to be you're meant to be covered in mud. You're meant to like have to take your wellies off as you're in the tent because it's that terrible. I'm describing my glass number. I didn't say. I think I wore. I had my steel when I went. The only time I've ever been to a fe- like a festival, multiple day festival, I just had my steel toe cap boots and never took them off for like the four days or whatever I was there. Like you I mean so. Yeah, yeah, taking the thing off now. I, I'm, I'm definitely more glamping than, uh, than, than I, camping, to be honest. I know when I went, I've been to Glastonbury three times, and once I went with Kat, and it was not nice for Kat going <laughs> camping with me, you know what I mean? Because the, you, you can wet whitewash, but it's really not a good clean. No. And she once opened the tent while I was on my back with my legs in the air scrubbing my anus with wet wipes. <laughs> Oh and she did, and she's never really looked at me the same since. To I be honest say, with you, how is she still with you? I don't know. She, I don't think she's got much choice. To be honest yeah, with I, you, I, I can't with you. I, she walked in on it. Yeah, yeah I yeah, thought yeah, it was yeah. like she just had enough and decided to like just shame <laughs> you. No, no, no. Shame you to she opened the, the tent, and I was literally on my back with my legs in the air, fucking like this, trying to have a good old scrub. Is that with wet wipe? With wet wipe, obviously. <laughs> I've seen that. That, that's the, oh, what's, what's the Paul Rudd films so this is 40 and there's literally a scene where his wife walks in and doing pretty much the same the same thing yeah you don't 
Did you wink at her and tell her to get off the daily? I think part of me may have winked at her, but it wasn't nice. <laughs> Brilliant. So anyway, this is the Liverpool podcast that we do. Um, Swiftly moving on. Just joining us, welcome. Um, what? News. Virgil van Dijk. Uh, we, we knew it already, didn't we? But he, it was confirmed that he won Player of the, player of the Year. Um, the last centre-back to win it was John Terry, apparently. So, um, yeah, I mean, Tom, as expected, there was a bit of a late push, wasn't there, with the Raheem Sterling? Um, stuff which, to some extent, I think, fine. You know, yeah. Sterling won, it's not like he's had a bad season. He's had a very, very good season, similarly like a Mo Salah or whatever. But I, I, this has been the talk since, what, like September, really, and it's never gone away because we're just class. Well, he's completely transformed a Liverpool side. You talk about our weaknesses where defensively in terms of aerial um, like corners and stuff and, 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 and set pieces and just he hasn't let any team create chances past us. You're talking about Alisson getting 20 clean sheets in a season and a lot of that's down to just not letting teams create at all and it's it's the way that he talks through the team. He, he knows exactly everyone's position. It's weird. He knows what he wants the centre forwards to do. It's like he's he's mind controlling them. It's fantastic to watch and there's no one better than world football right now. I don't think you can make arguments for other people, but in terms of what he's done to transform this Liverpool side, there's no one better. I agree with that, and it, it, yeah, it's just nice, isn't it? Because Ross, it's always a mark. I think of where your team is when you've got players winning those awards. You know, the, the the team the team of the year is filled with Liverpool players as well, and obviously Man City, fair play. Um, but th- these are good pointers towards where you are really you know, we and Chris talked a bit about this on our on our podcast about like the Pogba, the Pogba thing and everyone's been discussing the, the Pogba thing sure that feels like a real outlier that feels like a bit of a, a bit of a random one whereas you know they, they're crap and that's a good thing for United to have someone like Pogba in there whereas for us it would be it'd be weird if we didn't have players in there but ultimately Virgil van Dijk has been so far and away the best centre half in the league it's nice for him to get the rec- the, rec- the recognition that he is so comfortably that it's almost not in doubt. Yeah, I think it's nice he's a defender for a change. I think everyone kind of appreciates that. You know, mm-hmm. normally like not the Ballon d'Or. Yeah, the Ballon d'Or is always like a striker or something like that mm-hmm. because they get recognised for the goals. Yeah. Whereas because it's not an attractive position, a defender, it's kind of like you know, he's the, made the, it attractive. yeah, he's, he has done his the dirty work that, it, that he's all done. And it's what he's the difference. Like Tom said, the difference he's made to that team. So Sterling is very good, but he's in a team full of, I don't know, superstars that are, you know, 13, 14. So he's going to do that, whereas he's coming and completely changed the defence, not just by himself, I don't think. I think Robertson, Trent have all up the game since he's coming and Alisson has as well. But he's he's up Liverpool's defensive, not just attacking threat, but defensively as well. We're only, we're not even 18 months away, Cash, from people going £75 million. It's stupid, and listen, you know, two years ago, all the talk, 18 months ago, all the talk was Klopp can't, make a side that can defend well mm. now listen Virgil van Dijk for me absolutely deserves player of the season but it's not a one man thing being a defence and, and that's where having Trent Alexander-Arnold and having Andy Robertson in there having Alisson in there with a legitimate shot at being the goalkeeper is also part of the reason that Virgil van Dijk is the player of the season because yeah. you know even last season you know we probably conceded over 50 goals in the Premier League we're probably down about 30 on that aren't we you know what I mean I think we've conceded about 20 at the moment something so it's crazy how good everybody's got around them, like the lads have said, but Virgil has been so far and away the best player in the league. I don't think I think it would have been a travesty of justice to give it to anybody else, to mm-hmm. be honest, because as Ross says there, yes, Sterling's had a great season, but 
I also legitimately think Liverpool could have had two of the three forward positions sewn yeah. up, and I think legitimately Liverpool could have had four of the back five sewn up. Yeah. It depends what the criteria is as well, because I think the case with Sterling was that the stuff that he was doing off the pitch as well, that makes him kind of a player of the year in that respect, you know, being a voice for, you know, yeah. um, ethnic minorities and standing up to the media and stuff. He's applauded for that around, around the world, and it's a case of... I think I know he got the writers' award, and that feels like pity to me. I think he does deserve it, but you know they've slated him for years and years, and kind of gone. Oh, we feel less guilty now by by giving it to him, but at the same time, he does deserve it. Well, a lot of this though. Anyway, the wind blows. That was nice. That's it. Two Queen songs in two weeks that we've done. On the <laughs> really? Yeah, absolutely. That's what the media do, though, isn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? When the wind changes direction, Queen they change songs. what they're doing. Yeah. Like yeah. everyone's all over Freddie Mercury at the moment because that film. Got to, man. Good. It's a good film. Um, it, yeah, it's interesting, but we talked about this about what 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 what's great is the media as is responsible for these things ultimately because players don't watch all the football. Very they very rarely watch any football other than the actual football they're they're involved in. So so much of this is just you vote for who he voted for Harry Kane, didn't he? Well, Sterling yeah. and you voted for tactical yeah. voter. Yeah. I wonder how many players have sat there and gone. I don't want to come up against Virgil, so that's why they voted for him. Because you, you, Troy Deeney was it who said he's the hardest player to play against. How many strikers, at, like I've 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 looked at him and just gone, what do we do this time? How do we beat him, manager? What do we do? Because I don't know. Yeah. I don't have the pace. I don't have the skill. I can try and play a one-two random, but you talk you, you, exactly right. Gotcha. He's got everyone round him to give him that. Um, to give him the, the basis to kind of defend that. I mean, he's the basis. He kind of drops off and lets everyone defend. But the whole unit's so good. That teams are just looking at it and going, what do we even do? So I, I, I just she said, Klopp teams can't defend. Yeah. Yeah. And all, all you need is the right pieces mm. to the puzzle. Because mm. listen, Virgil van Dijk, for me, is the best centre-half in the world. But he's the best centre-half in the world because he plays in our system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He's perfectly suited to that, which is why... Klopp will probably tell you this as well, if anyone was ever to ask him. There are good centre-backs in the world, but they might not be as good a fit for our system. Yeah. And well, that's why he waited so long for Virgil reason, van Dijk. This is the reason why... Liverpool would ne- would never have a midfielder in that team in that team of the year because they're not but they're not the name. Virgil's the perfect blend of being he's a big name, he's a big character. It's so blindingly obvious how good he is at football. And also he's bolstered by the the, the, the system. Well the thing is, he'd be the best centre half in the world if he played for Man City. And he could go into any of the top teams in world football and probably still be the best centre half yeah. in the world. But we are in addition to that, you're right in saying that we are a collective, which but which is why Again, Liverpool's midfielders aren't. We've often got fashionable midfielders, which is why again Pogba ends up in a team. Whereas you'd probably say Genie Van Alden's probably had a more consistently better season. Than I Jeff saw someone comparing the two of them on Twitter this morning. Um, sorry, Virgil Van Dijk with Vincent Company from like 2010, 11 or something, and, and all the stats that Vincent Company had. And I look at it, and he had like 80 more interceptions, 70 more clearances, and all this. Now there's, there was a legitimate shout, I think, at the time for uh, Vincent Company to be one of the top three defenders in the world, yeah. if not the best defender in the world but he was also made to look better by the fact that he had a lot of work to do because mm-hmm. that Man City side was a very attacking side and he was brilliant at putting out fires I'm not sure Virgil van Dijk would be as good as that Vincent Company <laughs> at putting out fires but what he is good at doing is making sure that there's never any fucking smoke in yeah. the first place yeah. and that's the difference so you can't compare the two on stats mm-hmm. 
It just means that the Man City team in general were much worse defensively than this Liverpool side. How many side assists now? and goals has he got? Think yeah, of how many assists yeah. that he's got. Like a ball over the top, I mean, inch perfect. I mean, I'm not sure his assists necessarily are fair. A statistic probably got given. two or something. Yeah. For a centre half though. Well, that, yeah, it was the one but that I mean, there's, there's two the that he's got this season just when he's totally miskicked it basically and has ended up <coughs> ended up playing stuff. In. No, I know, I know you. Yeah. He's got look. He's, he's the complete centre half. Yeah, he's got I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, that's why you have to go back to John Terry. I think you know. I don't think John Teddy is as good and or as a good footballer as Van Dyke, but in terms of absolute influence, great leader on the pitch, technically brilliant, scored loads of goals as yeah. well at that time, and was in one of the best sides in, in the league. So you know, I, I, I think it's I think it's only fair, really, and I think it helps. He's just he's such a he's got just an aura about him, Van Dyke, hasn't he? He's got the media on his side. People are interested. People are talking about him. You know, there's every reason that you could you could probably Man City fans would probably make a case for Laporte being just as good as him this season. I don't know. I've not seen seen enough of him to be perfectly honest. He's been bloody good, but yeah. he's not. But he hasn't. He doesn't seem to have. And this is a lot of this is great. The the media are behind him because you need that. That's why. That's the that's one of the reasons why he's won it is because everyone's talking about it. People are being told that Virgil Van Dyke's the best centre half in in the country, and you can't you can't fabricate that. That's just a, a thing that. Thing that happens along the way as well. Um, just quickly then, before we crack on, talk about a little bit of Rachel this field and then mainly about Barcelona. Um, Neil Critchley expected a, a shake up of the under 23 squad in the summer. I got this from the, the Stanfield, I thought it was really interesting, Ross, that they've fallen short. The, this team's been a bit crap by all, by, by all accounts this season. And look, the under 18s are drawing all the plaudits, obviously, just won the FA Youth Cup. Yeah, I think they could win their league as well. I think I'm right in saying. But I, I, I like this because. You get this sometimes. You get a, a kind of a crossover generation, and there's a few lads in there that they kind of brought into bolster the ranks. Uh, there's a lot of lads who are, who are just going to miss that, who are missing that out and jumping up to the first team. Like Trent should still be in that team by all accounts. We're going to see Brewster pretty much straight in the first team squad. Um, with Keanu, who was probably he's a bit young, so he'll probably hang around. But I like that. That it feel for me, it's a, it's a clearing of the decks because that under 18 side, you want to clear a path for them yeah. to the first team, basically. Yeah, I think it's a good sign if you know we're not keeping all the people for the sake of doing it as well. I know quite a few of them were linked with um, Rangers again or for already for next season, so we can afford to ship people out and there's options there. Why wouldn't you go and take that option? Yeah. You know, those lads that have just won um, the cup the other night, you know, they're showing. They've, they've got a character behind them and the, the unity of a group to come up together and it'd be it'd be pretty weird to kind of separate that off and kind of go well, actually so you can go up with the rest you can't because you just unsettle a whole a whole team there don't yeah. you so it makes sense to bring the whole lot up well, together you've got you've got in that squad you've got your Juanmas and you've got your Shamal Georges and you've got your Ben Woodburns who like there's probably if the, if this next crop coming up and I've been told like two crops underneath that is meant to be the best they've ever they've ever had like the 13 under 13s that are meant to be absolutely un- I think it's in the 13s are absolutely unreal so they're probably looking at maybe that's a, a they're emboldened a bit Tom and they've gone well hang on these lads are fine but we might as well just ship these out because they, they're trusting that they can they can constantly renovate it from within the academy yeah that level's always been a bit weird isn't it because you're playing against you're still playing against the kids, so you you're getting your positioning, you're getting the style of play, you're getting all of that. But you're not getting the combativeness. You're not getting. You're gonna be. You're gonna be thrown about by this literal man, and you need to stand up to that if you want to play at a, at a high level. So I think a lot of them players could benefit by going out. But I agree. You you wanna you wanna be having a path for all these young kids. I can't wait. Ben's gonna do a show at the end of the season, going through the whole of the season and and showing. 
everyone's development, who's the next big thing, who's the people who've not really been that good. It's going to be a really, really good show. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit in it um, where they went to the under-18s cup final the other yeah. day, so there's going to be a nice little piece on that. It, it's going to be a great show, and I'm really interested to see, because I don't follow it too much, if I'm yeah. perfectly honest. So I want to see it from their point of view, from Ben's point of view, who does follow it, and see exactly just what we need to expect. I think, the, sorry, Paul. The, yeah. the, the interesting thing for me is, I mean, everybody's been talking over the last few weeks about Ajax, and I'll bring this back to the under-18s and your points exactly, Paul, about the under-23s and stuff. Ajax and, and Dutch football six years ago had a complete revamp. Do you know about this? Is this Ajax because they brought Overmars and... and so they and brought Edwin van der Sar and Overmars in, but what they did in Dutch football was they, they enabled almost the Spanish model where Ajax 2 can play in the other leagues. Wow. And it's the crop of players that we're now seeing at Ajax who have got to the Champions League semi-final will be playing Tottenham are the first almost group of players that got to play in proper Dutch football. And this is what Liverpool and all the teams in England need to be able to combat and need to work a way around. So to bring it back to Liverpool now, they are still playing kids like you say, Tom, you know what I mean? And they need to be able to play men, you know what I mean? And so what Liverpool have to do, and you're right, Paul, is clear that path so that these 18s are playing 23s. Yeah. Rather than, they can't go and play against men at 17 years old. They're yeah. too young. There's no, and there's no point play in 21s level. playing 23s exactly. football. Exactly. Yeah. So at some point, someone's going to have to do something that changes that, that you know, maybe it is in England and I don't think it will be where you can get a second team in higher up the league but the, it's so much better for the lads developments and Ajax are proving that point right now who yeah. was the coach who we had who went over to South America he was Jake was, oh, he, he was doing the 23s coach when Gerard was the 18s yeah. Beal, Michael Beal, yes, and he's, a, he's, a, he's a, I think he's, a, am I right? I think he's at Rangers now, with Gerard. Be, yeah. But anyway, he he come out with a tweet the other day saying about this about the B leagues thing is a is a massive is a, is a massive thing. It'd be the B team stuff, and everyone in this country naturally fucking you know turns inside out when you when you talk about it because it is a bit of elitism, and we've got so many historic football clubs in England that makes it hard. We don't we wouldn't like say turn around to this perfectly viable football club. We've got. 10,000, you know, week in, week out, they're not allowed to play in the English league anymore because Liverpool's B team needs to go in there. Yeah. But you're right, that's what we're now competing against on the continent. Barcelona, everybody fears. That's why La Masia works, yeah. just because you've got these lads going up against proper, in, in proper competition, week in, week out, blooding themselves. So they, like, and that's in, that's the second division. That's the Segunda division. That's yeah. like, imagine we had a B team in the in the championship. Exactly. And but the, the, it's all well and good sending one lad on loan to Derby. You know what I mean? But the, the Barcelona lads are playing with the rest of their teammates who yeah. they'll eventually get into the first team with. They've got such a leg up on everybody yeah. else because they've brought that entire team yeah. through from 13 years old to fucking 25 and then they're playing and they're like, yeah, we've been doing this for years. We know how to score goals together. We know what they're going to do against us. I, it's I, not, It's so much easier for them yeah. to dominate. I really like just the, the most important thing for me is you look at like Paul Glatzon, you look at Bobby Duncan and I just think, yeah, get everyone out of their way. Because if they go, if they they look good, they've done everything they can to to prove the worth. Clear any because Bruce still come as we said to the first to the first team squad and then get them as much as much experience together and do that as much as you can. That makes sense. You could because you're right. Create an under eighteen squad. Try and bring them all up together to the next the next level up. Because let's, as we say, if you get into twenty twenty one and you're not if you've not really played for Liverpool. You're probably not going to. Whereas you know, if you get, if you can, if you can have as much on your side by the time you're you're around that age, hopefully you'll be, hopefully you'll be ready. I think it falls into place with the whole Kirby setup as well. Mm-hmm. You know, they're bringing both teams together. Not yeah. only they're playing at a high level, they're training with our first team as well. So the fact they can learn with that yeah. and pair it with playing hard football 
It's going to be very exciting. I kind of be interested to see. You know how when you play the youth and everyone's like, oh, you're throwing it, you're throwing an FA Cup game. Imagine if our under-18s had come through like that, was so good, that you'd just go, you know what, we're, we're literally going to give you our under-18s here because they work better as a team than if we just put someone it's, in at right back and what just what do it. used to do, yeah. you know, in that, in that golden era. And until, the the set, until the final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> until, until, you know, but that, that's what they, they used to do. You'd always see who their, their left-back was going to be in three seasons would be playing in that in, in that mm. game, you know, and... Yeah, you know, and then you, you dot a couple of young, yeah, you know, older, more older heads in there or whatever. But yeah, the last time we did it was two thousand and four, two thousand five in the League Cup, and again, yeah, like you said, we got all the way to the, we got, did the same, got all the way to the final, bombed them all out. I mean, to be fair, we bombed that in the side, semis, didn't we? I don't know, but the side that that side would have got. I don't even know because we got past. Spurs, when did we play? I can't remember. But anyway, we they, they did brilliantly. And then, basically, for Chelsea, there was no... Yeah. I mean, like I say, that's, that, that, we had David Raven and that team and all kinds. They'd have been absolutely murdered by Chelsea, but never mind. Um, just quickly then, before we move on, um, the, uh, the Mail are reporting that Oxford Chamberlain's going to get a, a one-year contract extension. Case. I, lo- I love this. It's just a thing. It's like saying... Don't need to because his contract already runs through. He's got three years left on his contract. Just basically saying, you've missed a year of football. We're going to give you that year football back at the end of your contract effectively talk about like settling his nerves you, you, you've, you've you've basically bought him his loyalty for life there, yeah, you? you absolutely have and you, you've probably got him at a really cheap rate being a business knobhead yeah. you know what I mean you know he plays another season and then you renew in the contract <laughs> and all of a sudden you're probably throwing an extra 100k on top <laughs> so they must have a lot of trust first and foremost in his recovery yeah. They, yeah. there is an is there is a fucking doubt at all creeping in they are not giving him that contract, but they know that he's absolutely sound. He's, as you say, he's. he's now he's for Kia's going. Hey, <laughs> hey, The reception he got the other day was unbelievable. Like, I, I nearly fucking cried. Yeah, it was genuinely. I even when he was playing, just with all the subs before the game, and they're having a laugh, and so I was watching. Happy, him. Was I, I was made up for him coming on at half time, and he's clapping each side of the, of the ground, and you're just thinking, this man's waited so long. It was 367 days, was it? Was it? Of the last time he played, and he got injured, and you're thinking, this man's worked so hard to get back there. He deserves everything he's got. I'm made up. He's back there. I I, I didn't think we were going to see him at all. I remember Klopp doing a press conference, I, th- I think it was, and he was like, oh, I mean, we might see him. And we were all like, ooh. And then we've actually seen him. And, and that's He's a- good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that moment, because I I, um, I was I was working at the time, so I got I, I didn't get to watch. Where were you? <laughs> <laughs> the Pez League regional final season. Um, I, I, so I had the last 20 minutes up on my phone while the final this, with the co-op tournament was on. Um, and I... That was around the time, obviously, Oxley Chamberlain come on, and that that moment where he does the little give and go and gets to the box, he's like, "Oh, go on, mate, just, just, just stick it away." And Lerzel couldn't, t- didn't touch a fucking ball all game, <laughs> turned into an actual goalkeeper for that one second of his, of his life. Um, no, but good, good on, good on Liverpool, good on, good on Oxley Chamberlain. You know the Lerzel thing. Before we move on, when he came out at half time, did you see him? So obviously, you know, you normally get to the penalty area and they're a little bit unsure whether to oh, clap yeah. or not. He literally clapped from when he crossed the line near the halfway line all the way in. I've never seen someone so happy to get the applause of the cop. Maybe like... He just let in three. He was getting a really good applause, to be fair. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then so cool. Same again. Yeah, South honestly, East, mate. Mate, he was so happy. Like, it was so gracious. Ooh. And then we, you know, gonna put another two passes. He's going to be our backup goalkeeper next season, isn't he? That's what he had the first. 
Uh, watch the Reds News Roundup show on the RedmenTV.com this week for more uh, Liverpool news uh, each and every week in depth and detail. Um, we're going to this week. It is Threads for Reds. Chris, tell us some more about Threads for Reds. Threads for Reds are an incredible company selling threads for Reds. Ooh. There's loads of nice T-shirts. Just individual threads. Yeah, just what they do is it's really clever. They they mould them all together them. into garments that okay. one can wear. Oh, that sounds brilliant. That sounds well better. No, I thought so too. Um, no, listen, the mates of ours, they, we've teamed up with them again. They've put on the 10% discount and stuff. So the code is REDMEN10 and it's capital R-E-D-M-E-N-1-0 as the numbers. Um, so yeah, it, the, the Virgil van Dijk one is apparently flying out mm-hmm. and rightfully so. We should be showing our support from you'll have seen me wear this shirt there's a couple of designs there for it it's absolutely superb and um, Simon who runs Threads for Red showed me what's upcoming and my words some belter designs coming up absolutely so yeah we'll put, if you watch on YouTube we'll put some pictures up so you can have a little look but go over to the web what's the website? threadsreds.com simple as that and yeah use code REDMEN10 all caps followed by numbers uh, to get 10% off as well so you can get your fit Virgil van Dijk t-shirt to celebrate Liverpool's player of the year um, Huddersfield Town Nabi Keita Ross. Mm. Um, like so, I, I was I was funny. I was talking to Chris before about have you got any open bets still on this season? And and I realised one I had, which I, I've ultimately been miles wrong on, but I, I'm now feel a bit more vindicated. I had Nabi Keita score ten Premier League goals this season, and he's, he's it's left it too late. <laughs> but I'm I'm just so made up, and all the praise he's getting, and you can see what it, what it, you can finally see what a talent he is. And it kind of link into a, a thread we've had running for the last couple of weeks about how Liverpool are not just finding their feet, but Liverpool seem to be getting better and better as the as the, the end of season kind of careers towards us. Um, and I think Naby's absolutely typified. Yeah, it's come at the right time as well, not just the business of the season, but I think we're all getting to a point of frustration with him, kind of mm-hmm. going. You know, you need to kind of bed in here now. You know, it's been in nearly a year on two years, including the fact we you know we bought it and waited, waited for him. He came in at the start of the season, was good for two, three games, and then he just kind of disappeared. But to be fair, other people were doing well in that midfield, so you kind of think, don't just throw him in. He's you? starting to look like you who ordered anything off, a, off, a, off an Instagram advert or a Facebook advert, and like it's a piece of technology, it looks really cool and it looks boss. And then you and you, it takes ages to be delivered because it's coming from China or whatever. And when you get in, it's just a little bit underwhelming compared to the video that you, they sh- mm. that you showed of you. It's starting to feel oh, like that about, it's, about it's just YouTube videos, isn't it? Yeah. We all watched them, we all did research on thought, oh, we can do this. He showed signs of it early on and dipped off, but we changed formation, didn't we? And changed system as soon as he came in. So then he had to go and learn that. But I said other people were doing well. And it was kind of like, we've seen him again. It was consistency for me, which is what he's shown recently, which kind of gives me more encouragement. So as soon as he got that goal against Southampton, you know, he's just gone on, on a run of, of confidence. I think that's what, that was the problem was with him. But I think we still do it now. We're just going, you know, we want people to do well from the start. But if they don't, and then for we just shoot them down. Think mm-hmm. some people think they're not, they're not going to make it. And I think it was more opposition fans jumping on the back of going, "Oh, you said he was the next best thing, and he's shit." And he's like, "Does it, does oh, it matter oh, anyway, oh, though?" Because you're looking at it and going, "We know as Liverpool fans now, each of one of us should know if they don't hit the ground running." Klopp's going to work with them and make sure that they do. You know, their track record is incredible at the moment, that fucking team of Michael Edwards and Jürgen Klopp and everybody else that's involved. And we've got to give these players opportunities and chances. And, you know, it might not work first and foremost, but it will work. And Naby Keita's been in just unbelievable form over the last few weeks. One of the things that... I know we're talking about Huddersfield now. You know what? Let's let, I'll, I'll park this point for the Barcelona stuff. Mm-hmm. But he was brilliant. I mean, literally from the first seconds... 
when he gets his goal, 16 seconds or 15 seconds yeah. in, he was superb. Like. But the thing is, for me, that's kind of surprised me, is his position on the field. When he first came in, I was expecting him to be quite high up, sort of what Henderson's doing now. I think that's been a godsend for him in terms of he's allowed to be a bit further back. We, we charge him now with picking the ball up behind the halfway line and then bringing it forward and, and, and the ball over the top. I remember like first few games he played in, he, he beat that man with the little crouton and played the ball over the side and you're like, ooh. And then you've seen him further forward and I kind of like him further back. I like him being able to calm the ball down and playing the right pass, getting a bit of confidence on the ball and not being... I think we if, if you put someone up top like that, you're not giving them much space to work and you've seen just how hard it is, Mo Salah and Bobby Firmino and, and, and obviously Sadio Mane, but they're all used to it, you know what I mean? They all know what they're doing now. Salah's with like a trial of fire at the start of the season by putting them up against these centre-backs and I think just allowing Naby Keita to be a bit further back, assess the field and see what he can do has just let him, has just bolstered his confidence massively. What it is, is for me anyway, is you know when you're coming into that midfield now, we talk about it so often and yet we barely seem to remember it when we talk about how players take time to get used to positions. Naby Keita, I think, instinct is to go forward with the ball. I think that's something the Klopp's trained into him, Tom, where he yeah. said, look look at when Milner plays there, look at when Wijnaldum plays there. He's playing it more like them in yeah. a defensive sense because you've got to link up with Sadio Mane ahead of you and you've got to link up with Robertson behind you. You can't just be you. You can't just be you. You've got to be you in relation to where those other players are. And that's why it takes time. You're not learning one position. You're learning three, four, five positions. And that's why it's ultimately going to take time. For you can players. see with Kate, you know, you can now see what we what the point was with Kate. And the point was we talked about this transformative effect on the midfield and we didn't get what Fabinho was in the first couple of months. And we were seeing Kate and we were starting to think, okay, well, this is we might get a little hint. Not unlike what we're seeing from him now, and the point, the simple point is, he's playing basically in Wayne Aldum's position, which we thought at the time he was going to be an upgrade on Genie, and Genie's clung on tooth and nail. Same with Milner, has to, to be fair. Same way a number of players have in, in our squad. They've tried, they've done everything in the powers, they've raised the game, but you start to you start to consider ceilings, and ceilings for me is goals and assists, mm. and you can see now that Naby Keita, you know, we we saw it in that. Um, Spares away game when he had that chance when Mane passes it to him and he probably should pass it to Salah and Keita puts it over the bar but it was a counter attack where it started by Firmino Firmino drops in he plays the ball and in, and we've still got three guys on the on the attack Keita's supposed to be able to do that he's meant to be he's meant to reinvent box to box we we love Gini Wijnaldum as the box to box midfielder I think he's great but he's almost like six yard box to six yard you know what I mean at that point where he's getting into the box he's causing he's causing problems and that's that's the only way you can improve because that's the only way you can improve Liverpool's team is that we if you're gonna if we're gonna play two eights in our team they both need to be capable of scoring between five to ten I, goals, I, goals no, a I, I agree with the sentiment but I disagree with the fact that we need the box to box I actually think what Liverpool needs is box to ten yards in front of their box yeah and all we do is we just pin teams in and go, well, we're going to win the ball back high up the pitch. And that's what Kaita's good at. He's got that opponent's half recovery stat is off the fucking scale. Yeah. And I think when we're at our absolute best and we're dominating a side, we're just camped on the edge of the air. You don't need to be box to box. You just need Fabinho right in the centre of the pitch, 15 yards outside of the area, and everybody else in front of him cramping the space. They can't get rid of the ball. Halfway they can't line get to out. their goal line. Yeah, that's, what you, that's yeah. essentially what yeah. you need. You don't need box to box. Yeah. You need Fabinho in the two centre-halves 
have to cover that space, but you make it so difficult for them that they have to just hoof the ball clear. That's what it is. I, yeah. I do some of the stats for uh, the um, starting eleven and stuff, and some of the stats that he's got. Uh, I was looking for the Champions League game the other day. In the Champions League, he's completing over fifty percent of his dribbles, so he's beating a man. <laughs> one out of two which is ridiculous in the Champions League you think of the teams that he's coming up against that's so hard to do I think he's having like 12 offensive duels per 90 and I think it's something like that like maybe even higher I think it might be even 14% 14 duels at defensive duels per 90 that's how good he is at just that recovery stuff at being in the right position at the right time as to do exactly what you say pin teams in and if it wasn't for two Refereeing decisions, he would have got two penalties, which would have won us games this mm. season. You know what I mean? And we don't even think about that because it never came off. But we could be comfortably top of the league now, if not. He would be a massive part of that as well, if not for two refereeing decisions. Yeah, that's, I, I look at it and you think about <coughs> that, that next level, that next level of Liverpool. It's the increased stability and brutality that Fabinho offers, except he's obviously got that classy edge to him. It's like having a fucking a boulder wrapped in silk. Like you know what I mean, that's basically what he is for us. And then you've got Naby Keita. And if Naby Keita, I have no doubt Naby Keita will score ten Premier League goals next season if he's if he continues to play like that. And that's how that's where your next gear comes from. And to think that we've managed to produce what we've produced thus far this season without that up until this point is is, is testament. I want to talk briefly then we, we kind of we obviously we're kind of just getting around Man City a little bit but um what were what were did anyone watch the Burnley Man City game? Yeah. 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 I got I got on a I got on a plane. I, I got off of the first plane as it was just about to kick off and I was like I was hoping to miss it all and then I sat down this fella had that on his phone and then he proceeded to talk to me about it and I didn't. I just wanted to avoid it completely. Um and then he turned it off to go on flight mode and as he turned it off I had this thick Mancunian accent from behind me go Get in and I was like oh. And I had, so I had to live in that world of like, it all goes dark, Man City are 1-0 up. And, and I thought, it's okay, because I can, I can have a flight of fancy, two hours, or like an hour and a half here, to have a flight of fancy of what might happen. And then I was ready to take, I'll, I'll wait till we land and I'll check it. And then we, were, we hadn't even come until land and the fellow next to me goes, there's the full time 1-0. I was like, oh, mate. <laughs> they were hanging on Burnley as well, weren't they? Even from like the hour mark, you know, you were talking about their back being camped in the other half. That's what, that's what City were doing against yeah. Burnley. And they were just hoofing it. Back to their defence, you're thinking they had no outlet at all, and it's like you got half an hour to go in. It's like they're going to score. It's just, it's just going to happen. punch drunk, Yeah, yeah. It's like it's just going to happen. Yeah. But then, do you reckon if that goal doesn't go in, do you reckon City just turn it up to another level? Why didn't anyway? he go with his head? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. What a dick. Why did they wait for it to drop and kick well, it? Well, even to block it in the first place is unreal, to be fair to me. Oh, they had one after that as well, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, the, the save by, um, what's his name? The striker. He, oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, because he saved it. He unballed it in the box, didn't he? Oh, yeah, I really yeah, wanted yeah. that to be the story. Yeah, that was Imagine <laughs> that's the story of, oh, it's nil-nil, but they save it, you know what but I mean? But then City coming around. out with that fucking fine margin shit yesterday, that's like, what's that about, you know what I, I mean? And, and here's the thing, how did you read that? I thought it was a bit of a golden thing, to be honest with you, but a lot of people are saying, oh, they're just putting it out. Like, I, do you know what I read it as? That's quite a big mark of respect towards Liverpool. Because okay. initially I was like, you fucking pricks. Okay. And then I was like, oh, so what you're saying is the league's coming down to really fine margins. And okay. I was like, oh, you know what? I can kind of deal with that. It's like, you're basically saying 11 mil is enough for you to win it's the, the right league, time. It's like, the right time of the year to have that attitude, you know, like the right time of the season as well, man, because you, you're insulating yourself, aren't you? Fine, there should be there should be some mutual respect shown between the football clubs or whatever. Not like Chelsea going, oh, anyone say Liverpool versus Chelsea? Yeah. Just get in the bin, you gang of fucking weirdos. Get in the Europa League bin. Um, whereas, you think you'd leave it till after the season. Yeah, though. but no, I, I think in this one, I mean, if, you, if, you, if you're looking at it that way and as a mark of respect, fine, because the right, the fine, fine margins are going to decide it. If it goes, down to the wire, and then both teams win the final games. It will be, you know, there'll be more a point in it. Like, you know, Twitter isn't that place for respect. We should all know this. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> that's not what they meant. No, no. maybe not. But um, no, let's look at it that way for the sake of argument. But yeah, so of course, everyone's hopes and dreams <coughs> roll on to Brendan Rodgers Leicester. I've said this before, lads. In the form table, Leicester. I, I'm. People will continue to do it. People will continue to get sucked in. There's simply no way we don't. This isn't. This doesn't go down to the last game of the season, and it come down to the most incredible. Well, if Leicester beat City, it will go down to the last game of the season. No, I mean like the last. The last game is in Brighton. Need promotion. Exactly. Well, Fair safety. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Brighton just doing something mad and against the odds because everyone will think. They'll beat, Le- they'll beat Leicester and they'll probably do it by... There'll be a goal down this time round and they'll win 2-1 and then everyone will go, well, there you go, that's done and dusted because Brighton is shit and Brighton are shit. And then if I, I, I don't see how it's anything other than we're in Anfield and you get the murmurs of something happening around the ground. If we're going to do it, that's all. I can't... Do you know what, do you know what I've, I've noticed over the last few weeks and stuff? The amount of people that have come up to me and go, what do you reckon then? Knowing, like, are we going to win the league? And I just keep thinking stuff. It really doesn't matter what I think. I, I'm guessing. That's all I'm doing. I guess, yes. I'm guessing, yes, we're going to win, or I'm guessing, no, we're not going to win. Like, what's, your, what's, your, what's your most common response? Yes, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, mine is... <laughs> I I believe, that's what I'm saying. I believe we can, has been my answer now for the last six months. The, pro- the problem for me... Uh, not even problem, which is why I'm quite looking forward to the Leicester game. Me and Bailey were watching the, the Spurs City game, and City should have lost that game. And the reason they should have lost that game is because Spurs were through so many times. And all it took was a little bit of pacing behind. Because <coughs> City, look, they're a fantastic side, but they don't get that very often. A lot of teams just sit in behind. So what I think Leicester need to do, I'm not the manager, but... What score to, more than City. Score more get than City. Them, get one. Yeah. Just get one. One nil and insulate yourself a tiny little I'm bit. I'm going to say right now, Vardy obviously scores. Yeah. He starts Mares 
and he misses a pen in the last oh, minute. Yeah. <laughs> My way, that'll be beautiful. He's not but, taking pens for them again after those, is he? But it is, it's, it's a ball, it's a man trying to beat that last man. It's it's getting a ball through. You're not going to beat them by playing fancy football. City are too good at that. They've got the defenders that are too good at that. You need just to catch them on the break. Yeah, can, Vardy, into space, yeah. running a company. Can that'll do. Can exactly. get into the Europa League? No. No. Which means they've got nothing to lose anyway, so they might as well just sure, do what they want. Yeah. Yeah. It's not Brendan's got three envelopes. Let's hope City's in one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right, we're going to talk a little bit about Barcelona in a moment. Before we do, Chris and I have got a brand new podcast, the Mate and Pajak podcast. The third one will be coming out this week. Um, but have a little clip here. Um, Chris <laughs> talks about this whole Burnley thing and how we got all that excited about it and people changed their, their avatars and stuff. Yeah. Our good mate, uh, Liam Busy. Busy, uh, made loads of Liverpool fans change their avatars to Ashley Barnes, uh, which led to you being very confused and infuriated. There was just loads of people with the same profile pic talking to me at the same time on the same thread on Twitter, and I was like, what the fuck's going on here? Who are you? Why do I need to now zoom in and try and look at your fucking name to find out who you are? Stop putting pictures of fucking Ashley Barnes in my fucking grid, it's doing me fucking head, it's ridiculous. What are you zooming in? So I can see what the fucking little letters are. The, the at... The art. I like. I like the idea that you were stuck in some sort of Twitter equivalent of that Neo versus Mr. Smith fight from one of the shit Matrix films, and it was just nothing but Ashley Barnes. <laughs> it's just everywhere. everywhere. Ah! <laughs> fucking yeah. spinning around and you spinning around in your room, uh, <laughs> holding your phone at arm's length, trying to knock away, digitally knock away, just knock away Ashley I'm Barnes. Just... You're not bought into this as a thing. I'm with you, Chris. I'm fair play. play. How could you tell? You were, you were both tiny bit animated in the clip. It was a... Uh, yeah, was it? It's a little clip. Yeah, get over to the channel. We'll, we'll annotate. We'll leave the, the uh, link in the description as well. Go over and subscribe. The third podcast will be out at the back end of, of this week. The first two are up now, so go and get involved with all of that good stuff. Barcelona! Third reference in two weeks. Um, Barcelona! Tom, um... The most exciting tie in a generation, and, and I, we can make a case of the Champions League final, of course, but it's the messy thing, I think. I can't but look past it. We've got to see Cristiano Ronaldo, but we played Ronaldo a couple yeah. of times already. We haven't seen Messi since he was a child. Yeah. Um, he's the best player, basically, ever, and Barcelona are one of the best teams ever, 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 still are, and we get to go and play them in a two-legged game of football. This season's been a season of tests. Loads and loads of different ways that Liverpool could fail, and we haven't. You know what I mean? We've got through so many different trials. This is the biggest one of the season. It might be the biggest one of Klopp's Liverpool. It, it. I just genuinely can't wait to see how this team reacts because every other time I've had pure confidence in this team, and every other time we've come through it. Maybe we haven't completely got over the line. But we've always put in a performance that makes me proud of this team. So no matter what happens here, you can be proud and you can go in there. And you know for a fact, at Anfield, under the lights, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. And, and we're going to support the team through thick and thin. And they're going to do the business. That that I just have no... I'm not nervous. Mm. And we're playing Barcelona. I'm not nervous at yeah. all. I, that's, I think that's right. Once again, I, I kind of had this with Bayern Munich as well. Some of this comes from the, the league being such a big focus, of course, but it also comes, stems from the league carries fear with it, fear of failure because it's on a knife edge. You can, 
you're not expected to, to win. No pressure on winning the European Cup in, this, in, in the same way. If you win the European Cup, it's just an amazing, an amazing feat. And we are very close. And I, the, the closer we get, the more it becomes a thing. But I think you kind of put that pressure on. When you get to the final, it becomes a bit more like that. But right now, like Tom says, it's just... Boss, we I trust this Liverpool side. They play bloody brilliant football, and they've passed so many of these tests. As Tom says, there, there's no reason, to, there's, there's no real reason to be nervous about this because you can lose it. But by and large, this is what it is to be a football fan of a good team. I think it helps that you get two shots at it. So you know, yeah. if you lost two, three nil, still, I think we all said in the unbu that's that's still not a bad result. You still trust this Liverpool side to to pull something out of the bag. I mean, to be I fair, think... if we lost three 0 that would be a terrible. Hey, we'll I don't think I, we're out though. No, I don't. And that was the point I, we made yesterday. I think it's to sign of where we're at now. I don't think we're underdogs, and yeah, I don't think we're favourites. You know, this is the Barcelona side that you just said of like the great sides, and they've had Messi and Suarez who are all on form. They've just won their league, and yet you know they didn't want to play us. And they still don't, probably don't want to play us over, over two legs because you know our clock strike record and the way that we're at now. And I think it's dead encouraging for us of saying, you know, we spoke about Naby Keita coming into form and playing for being you know, Ox is coming back here, I don't think he'll play a role. But everything's kind of going in our favour towards this business yeah. of the season, kind of going, Well, you know, we're better equipped this season than we were last season. We have a squad now yeah. that we didn't have, and you kind of go, Well, actually we can tailor that to who we play and how we want to play that game. Mm-hmm. So my opinion yesterday was I think we'll kind of go like a Rafa style European away. And set up for that. Whereas you know you take a result back to Anfield, and you can go out and and Look, dicks out and just dick him. It's the beauty of being two sides. <laughs> and I remember saying at the start of the uh, the start of the Champions League campaign, Chris, that we we were being trained to be a, a, a dominant in possession side because you needed to be that because if you want to win the league you've got to be a flat track bully and you've got to be teams that park the bus and we really struggled to switch back to the Liverpool of last season we couldn't do both at the same time whereas we seem to be finding that we're actually melding now into a team that can do both uh, given, given any a set of circumstances <laughs> and in that regard that's why I, I, I'm, I'm excited about this game is because if, we've, if we're forced to be at the counter-attacking side <laughs> all the best because we're fucking lethal as the counter yeah, We saw it against Bayern Munich. That's what we did against Bayern Munich. And yeah. we dominated them in their own grounds. You know, this Liverpool side, as Tom says, as, as Ross has said, we will we will rise to any challenge at the moment. And Jürgen Klopp knows how to, as Ross already said, knows how to win two-legged affairs. You know, we shouldn't be going into this game and um, scared in any way, shape or form. Yes, you show Messi the respect that he deserves because he's the greatest player that's ever existed. Um but that doesn't mean to say that we haven't got three of the top five players in world football right now yeah. as well. They've got one. Mm-hmm. I think we've got three of the top five. Okay. I think that's a very interesting point. <laughs> Do you remember on the stat show, sorry Paul, okay. where <coughs> basically Chris looked at all the, the European teams and it was us and City. We were above Barcelona in terms of... of, of Teams that were ranked highest, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? On 538, yeah. they have Manchester City ranked as the best team in the world. They have Liverpool ranked second. They have Barcelona ranked third. We're up there. And that's the point, isn't it? And I, I look at this, and there's not. Can we get Anfield second leg? Yeah, I think that's that's the thing. And I mean, that that's the one thing that Man United obviously didn't didn't have. Yeah, they don't play Anfield, exactly, <laughs> and they never will. Um, but that you know, having again, you're right because we do have that little safety net, and so much as similar to you know as anything. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I think Barcelona will obviously see this as see this as their as their best chance, but I'm I'm excited about that. I don't I I I've not even entered my head that we'll lose this. We might not win, but I don't I, I can't. I've I've got confidence I can't see us battered, like. in the fact that our wingers do the defensive work. And I know obviously when Suarez was here, you know, he he did it, but does Messi do it and does Dembele do it? Does Coutinho do it? So you can take well 
partly take Messi out of the game by making him do the defensive work, yeah. which he's not used to doing because he doesn't have to. Week in, week out. There's so many notes for encouragement, and this is not writing Barcelona off in any way, shape, no. or form because they're an absolutely amazing side, and Messi still has the ability to single-handedly win. He's got 10 goals in eight games in the Champions League this season. It's ludicrous. He still scores more goals than he plays games, basically, yeah. which is just absolutely terrifying. 34 and 32 in the league. Exactly, well. you know, and, and you know, but Suarez, but like Suarez hasn't scored a goal in the Champions League yet. I wouldn't, I, I'd fancy him probably to get one just because it'd be, it'd be Suarez. Yeah. But I said, I'm watching that Man United game the other week, the second one, and Suarez... He's, I, I, God, I loved Luis Suarez. He's the best player. I think he's the best player ever to play for Liverpool, just in terms of his pure talent. I've never seen anything like anything like him at all. But he looks, he looks his age. He looks like a man who's been Luis Suarez for too many for too many years. And you play at that intensity, it starts to take its toll. Now it's one game of football. He's got he can hurt you, of course he can, because he's world class. And then I look at around that, and you look at like Coutinho. We know Coutinho. Coutinho's not a, not a, an unknown quantity to us. You know, we know him better than he probably knows himself. And even he, he struggled to set, settle in again. He's not scoring tons of goals. He's only got five goals for them in the league this, this season. So he's not playing at the level that he was at, at us. And then you talk about, like, similarly, Dembele can hurt you, but he's not quite that level. They still rely heavily on Suarez. And yeah, look, look and they've Messi got, they've got they outstanding do. players. I think all of us would agree that, and everybody watching and listening would agree with that. But I think, as a team, we're a better team. I think all, all around, I think all told, we're more than the sum of our parts. Whereas I believe that Barcelona is as good as Lionel Messi plays. And unfortunately for us, he plays world class almost every single game. Yeah, yeah. But you, they, you can still get at the defence. That's mm-hmm. still not their strongest point. You know, you can still hit them on the counter attack. And we're much more deadly than Manchester United uh, and, and teams that have played them recently. And, you know, we yeah. will get opportunities, but I fancy Liverpool to take those opportunities in the new camp. It'd be fascinating to see, as you say, the approach to this because there's no pressure on us to go and get that get that result in there. And I, I don't think they'll be thinking we'll go to Anfield and do the business. That won't be, you know, they won't be hinging. You don't throw away your home leg in that in that regard. They'll be hope. They'll be hoping. They'll be hope. They'll hope that we don't score away from home naturally, and they'll probably feel that they can get a goal at Anfield, but they won't be hinged upon it. So they'll be looking to get this game, get this game won, because that's how Barcelona play football. And I, I'm just, I, I, I think no matter what they do, I can, I can create a narrative that plays into our, that plays into our hands. And as you say, particularly with having to go to Anfield, regardless. Provided we keep it close, I keep talking like it's going to be a nil-nil or a one-nil or whatever, which would be perfectly fine result, but. Is it just? I just. I feel like we can go and we can. We we've got it. Definitely got it within us to go and do a put a statement in at the. I think it's a three-two, something like that. Yeah. I was saying on the build-up show. I think it's really, really cagey first forty-five minutes, and the game just explodes into life. Second half, when Barcelona realise that they need to try and get a goal. The only thing that I can. The only caveat to that is. I think if there's an early goal, then all better off. Anything can fucking happen at that point. I'm really interested to see just how Suarez and Coutinho play against this Liverpool side. Obviously, there's going to be a reception for them, good or bad, at Anfield. I'm just really interested to see if they're just going to step it up another level and be like, this is what you've been missing, or do we step it up and be like, this is what you've been missing, you know what I mean? I think that's going to be a massive narrative, which I don't really like. I reckon Jordan Henderson walks around before the game started, fucking divoting that area of about 50 metres squared where Coutinho takes all his shots from. I reckon he just walks around fucking like that all over the place, like, go on, Phil, take your fucking shots there, mate. Phil Coutinho, I... He just, we just need to go and 
twat him everywhere. It's got the potential mm. to see what Raheem Sterling does at Anfield with Phil Coutinho. Yeah, I think that's where I think he's in quite a fragile place as a footballer right now. And if we can tap into that, we can make sure that he has a really poor game. Um, I, I don't see. Start, I don't see. Yeah. I see Suarez yeah. the complete opposite. Yeah. I think Suarez steps up regardless of how he's uh, the reception. You'll get more. I think you'll get more exactly. out of Suarez. It's a, it's a dangerous game doing it to somebody like that with that much needle and stuff. But Coutinho's fragile at the moment. How get at him. How do we then do that? Because obviously with Rafa Benitez, when he comes back to Anfield, you wait until you're winning to, to even acknowledge singing his name and stuff because you respect this team so much. Luis Suarez's song, what would I mean? Luis Suarez will not have his song sung unless we are 5 0. Yeah, exactly. Clear, clearly yeah. comfortable and through the end, or he gets substituted yeah. off at Anfield. We just buy it. It'll be a, it'll be a I, I think that that, I think the atmosphere is going to be tasty for both of them. Yeah. It's going to be worse for Phil Coutinho, of course. But I think before the game, they're going to get a little round of applause. Maybe not Coutinho. Suarez will get a big round of applause as soon as the whistle goes. We're booing. Yeah. We are booing. Yeah, Every one of their players, not just them. Well, that would be a lovely, yeah, lovely. It's game. going to be a boo. That's what yeah. we do because particularly against teams who have the ball. Yeah. We can't do it against teams that don't have the ball because we're just booing your own players. <laughs> effectively. Like, and we've done that before. Um, the Southampton coach for the League Cup, as I recall. Um, but yeah, that's that, that's just what it'll be. We'll just yeah. we'll boo and he and hiss and jeer and all that kind of stuff. Like, but I mean, just see what the new camps like. Me and Chris are, uh, are flying there this, this evening. Like, and um, they put you you're like in a cage in the top corner, aren't you? So I, I can't see it being a great, you know, a lot of noise that we're going to be able to impact on it. But I can't. Can't wait to be there. I've never never seen a game at the new at the new camp no, before. No, like, so, I can't uh, wait. Man. Yeah, it's, really it's bucketless shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I, I was strongly considering a couple of years ago going over and seeing a game with Barcelona and Xavi and Iniesta before the overtime, and I'm genuinely gutted that I never. But I'm also glad because now I'm getting to go and see Liverpool play against Messi. Yeah, it matters more, doesn't it? You know, I mean, like I went to the the friendly against them at, uh, at Wembley, and it was fantastic. You know, great afternoon out and what have you, but. You ain't seen Lionel Messi, yeah, I guess. Not yeah. in the same way that... Well, yeah, see, obviously... Seeing yeah, him in a pre-season yeah. friendly, ain't seeing him in the Champions League fucking Exactly, and then moreover, seeing Liverpool doing it in some token thing where Liverpool were nowhere near deserving to be even on the same pitch as Barcelona because we were a Champions League team at that at, at that time. We were, a, you know, a Europa League team, basically, um, if that. So, no, being able to go... And to go level peg and to go toe-to-toe. I had a real sense, it was funny enough, just as an, as an aside of, like, I got that... That it remind so watching no spoilers for Avengers, but watching it and seeing like the end of run of like eleven years of, of movies was the same way as watching that when we went to the the Istanbul ten year reunion yeah. and you got that 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 you know that real nostalgic feeling and feeling really upset and we're only a few years away from me thinking we'll never get back to this again and now we're going to the new camp and not like fingers crossed. That everything we we go and technically master and blah, blah blah. I feel like we could go play our own game in the new camp and and with what what? <laughs> well, I, I love the fact that look, we, we we've had so many since Klopp came in. We've had these European adventures. Obviously, the first season he comes in, we play every game that is possible to play in a season, and we get to this Europa League final and. You, you, it starts, something starts bubbling up and we got that away vibes of being in the fan park and everyone having a great time and, and then songs start coming out from these away trips and that's what it's all garnered. Everything is is such a feel-good factor around Liverpool. There's people in Barcelona right now making a new song for Fabinho. You know what I mean? There yeah. is. That's yeah. the thing. People are getting bladded, having a great time and creating new memories, creating new, like, legends yeah. from people going over there and that's what Klopp that's what this team has built and it's genuinely 
unbelievable that we get to say that. You know what I mean? There's not not many teams ever get to ever say that. And we're supporters, we're fans of this club who are doing this. And there is there is literally nothing better. Yeah. Just, nothing th- better. just think about this season alone where we've been. We've been to fucking Paris Saint-Germain. We've been to Bayern Munich. We're on our way to the fucking new Camp. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> Include last year when you go in Roma away as well, yeah. you know, and, and you get so much the Champions cathedrals League of final. Fo- cathedrals oh of European like, football. You know what I mean? it's, it's not even <coughs> 12 months. Yeah. No, it's true, isn't it? And when you consider, <laughs> you consider that, that Champions League run, run, the Champions League group appearance under Brendan Rodgers, where we were just we were, we, we were, went to Bernabeu, we, we were, played Real Madrid, we, were we weren't in the same fucking league. No, exactly, we were just hoping that somehow these players that we all deep down in our heart of hearts knew weren't good enough would be able to pull something out somehow. Like it would all come good on the night. It doesn't feel like that. It feels like if we were to go out, it would have to be. It would have to go. Something would have to on the flip side. Would have to go spectacularly wrong. Yeah, same it, as the Champions it, League here's final. The difference like, for me, yeah. Barcelona can play at their best. And we can still win. Yeah. Whereas in the like that Real Madrid game, we'd need Real Madrid to have a bad night and play at our best. Yeah. I think we can be if both teams are playing at their best. I think Liverpool win. It's yeah. fucking crazy. Isn't that brilliant? <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Um, right. One quick question before we wrap the podcast. I'll come from Alex Sawyer. Uh, do you think that the speed trends has improved? Is the reason he didn't get as much of the debate for Young Player of the Year as he deserves, as it is almost expected he's going to play great every week? My my thoughts on this. Uh, I wonder whether it was just a political move to make sure Sterling won an award. To be perfectly honest, you know about him getting the young, him being uh, in to the be young fair, category. If you, if you, well, listen, I think Sterling deserved the Young Player of the Year award. He did because he was in because he's yeah. in the category. Same as Harry Kane getting it the yeah. year before. It's that it, it's it's right for them to get it because they're the best players in that category. But it's a shame for Trent. I mean, the fact is, maybe he'll win it when he's twenty four. Well, we'll get it next season. It's fine. Yeah, that's the thing. I, in in regards to that question. He can have bad games and the team can perform. So I don't think it shows too much. This team's so good and I think he gets the cover from the centre-backs that he needs and stuff. I mean, he hasn't had many bad games at all, but it is it, it is a shame. I think <coughs> it's purely just because Sterling's been fantastic. And what you were saying before, Ross, in terms of defending not being a very... like You always want the goals and assists. I mean, Trent got the assist, which is the weird part of it, but I think just the defending side of things, you don't get looked at. It's a unit, again, as you as you were both saying, it's a unit, so maybe that's why I didn't really get it. I think it's a combination of both. I think it feels like a runners-up award for, for Sterling, and that's yeah. not to take away he doesn't deserve it. He's kind of gone, well, here you go, because I think there was some debate whether, I think it might have been him and Bernardo Silva that shouldn't have been in that category anyway, mm-hmm. but they were because of the way the age works in no, the start they, of the season. They shouldn't have been in the category. because Bernardo Silva think, shouldn't have been, I don't think. I think when the, when the season starts, you have to be a certain age, and I yeah. think they both fell into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, just, you know, yeah. he said you know he's he's improved as a footballer as well as off the pitch as well, so you can't take that away from him. Yeah. And City are currently top of the league. So. Absolutely, and I think we all know it. Trent's He's got a lot. There's a lot of time and a lot of potential awards for him to win. At 20 years old, there's no, there are no better young right backs in it. The, 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 the issue with that award isn't that Sterling won it. It's that the fucking ages is wrong. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's really it. Yeah. It's like how Disney thinks you're an adult once you're over 12. Yeah, it's bullshit. Absolute bullshit. <laughs> what's uh, what's Trent ceiling? If we're if we're literally thinking about it, can he become a, a, a legend? I know we're talking about him yes. as a 20 year old. Can he? Be, do you reckon he moves into midfield? Do you no. reckon he just? Or do you reckon he's like a Philip Lamb? Stays at yeah. one club, becomes the captain at the end of the day, and we're looking at him at the, uh, when yeah. he retires, and we're like, you "That's are exactly the best. it." Yeah, that's exactly it. Completely. As long as he, as long as he continues his development and, yeah. and maintains and maintains that level, why not? Because you, you know, you've, he's, he's local, he's homegrown. 
loves the club, etc., etc. And as long as you're maintaining the level of everything else around him as well, then yeah, why not? There's no need. There'd be no need for him to, unless he got to the point where you know he's won five Premier League titles and five European Cups, and he just goes, "Oh my God, I'm a play in Spain for a couple of years just to, just to you know get out the house a bit." Like you know, what I mean? he's get out of Philip <laughs> Lam, he's Roberto Carlos, <coughs> he's fucking Danny Alaves. Yeah, that's that where could. he's that's where he's heading for if he carries on. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, and we never know, of course, because he might because we, we don't know his ceiling. He might if he continues to improve, there might be you might be, be stupid not to put him into midfield. He might, he might get we might just find you because you just don't know. Okay, look at the Jordan Henderson stuff. None of us thought we'd ever see Henderson playing back in the position he's been playing in the last couple of games. And he's twenty eight years old. Mm. You know, you're not meant to be doing that. You're not meant to change positions too much as you get as you go. You get older than that. But it might be that we might just find Trent gets an opportunity in midfield at some point, and. We never look. We never look back, and he goes further. But right now, the point is, footy's changed so much. The fullback is not an embarrassing position to play anymore. It's you. You are pivotal to how the how the game is. This is why, I, like, so many wingers, Man United have been using wingers as fullbacks for for years now. That he might not need to. He might be able to score five odd goals, get fifteen assists. And win all the trophies he yeah, wants at right. What would you what, what would you prefer to do? I know it's a lot more running, but say you're fit enough to do that. Would you pl- rather play Genie's midfield role and not really get forwards, not really get goals, not really get assists, or do what Trent's doing and have a bit of fun getting forward? You know what I mean? It's completely different now. It's not yeah. it's not the same as what it was. Is he's it? gonna score a goal at some point. Yeah, definitely. And he's and he's, and he's not gonna look back. Like because that's the one thing that's missing from his game because he gets the shots. Wolves. Yeah, you know what I mean. But he has that like you know when he burst in. I'm not saying he hasn't scored. I mean, I like how he's going to score against oh, Wolves. Yeah, yeah. yeah, free kick, ninety second minute. Wow. But like, yeah, but like, he's got the free kicks. <laughs> the free kicks he's not even filled out yet. He's no. twenty. No. Like, remember when Jordan Henderson first came to the club and he was like, he was, could, yeah, he was a boy. He, yeah, but he, but he was like, what was he? Twenty two was he when he came? Twenty one? I don't know. 21. And then you've seen him over the years, and now he's grown into like a, a chest. Man. You know what I mean? A chest. <laughs> And literally, Trent Alexander-Arnold's got that coming. Yeah. He's, he's, he's already got everything. Yeah. And then he's going to have the strength on top of it. And he's going to have more experience playing with the best winger on, on, ever. And oh, he's going to have way. played against every world-class opponent in yeah. world football by that point as well. Oh, the future's yeah, I think like next, after tomorrow, we already will have. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Brilliant. Thank you very much, everyone, for watching, for listening, and for subscribing. If you're listening on podcast services, make sure you give it a five-star review. If you're watching on YouTube, share it and drop a like on it as well. Other than that, um, thank you very much. Make sure you check out the subscriber-exclusive Q&A, which is us for answering random and weird questions. And, of course, go over to uh, Mitch and Pajak for our podcast as well. Go on, go on, go on, go on, go on.